0: But I, I watch a, a lot of crap as well. So you, don't, you have to watch crap to enjoy the good things, so that's, right. that's, that's a, like a, it's the same with stand-up. We have yes. to have the bad comedians <laughs> to enjoy the good ones. Yep.
1: Hello and welcome to Deus Ex Comedian. My name is Ryan Bussell, I'll be your host. I am an American living in Sweden since 2006 and a comic since 2011. On this podcast, I'll be talking to comics who have retired, uh, or they're taking a long break, or they simply quit the grind, and they're happy to perform just a handful of times per year. So what made them slow down or even stop performing altogether? Is there anything about the grind that they miss? Most importantly, without approval from drunk strangers, how instead do they fill that dark hole inside where a soul should be? Let's find out. Hello. Well, uh, so this week uh, my guest is none other than Pontus Strobeck. Hello, so it's good to see you. Hi. Yeah, uh, I, I told you before I had the idea for this podcast. I was thinking about all the people that I just haven't seen for a long time. I used to see fairly often, mm-hmm. and it's been years since I saw you last. So the last time I saw you was in the middle of. I had was the middle of the longest period of unemployment I've ever had, mm-hmm. and I took a short break uh, to work temporary at eleganton. So I was working at this electronics store uh, in Stockholm, quite near quite near a posh area of town. Oh, yeah, okay, and, now I remember. Yeah, and yeah. you came in and I ran into you and we were talking a little bit. And you said, uh, oh, you said oh, I didn't know you were working here. And I said, uh, yes, this is my day job. And you laughed really hard. And that hurt so much. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> because I hadn't said it as a joke. It would have, you should have laughed because it was a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah, but it, it was funny, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, it was very funny. It was yeah, right? Don't quit your day job. That's a classic line, isn't it? Was it a stupid thing. It implies that, well, comedy is my night job. Yeah. <laughs> I get a beer oh, now and then. That's, I'm that's sorry. My, that's I did, uh, no, no, My attention
0: wasn't to hurt no, you. No, but,
1: <laughs> but you should it have laughed. So it, it was. Yes. It was. But... <laughs> Okay. So that was the last, last time I saw you there. Have you, have you quit your, your day job now? Uh, actually, I have been unemployed for the last year. Oh. Uh, but now next week I start a new job. Uh, oh. Which will be interesting because I've noticed... So over the last year, I live in Kniemste. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I've done is I go to the gym. So I'm just like home, gym. I go shopping Willys. Mm-hmm. So at home, that's all I do. So when I actually... I've come to Stockholm like maybe once every other month. Oh, okay. And whenever I've done anything beyond like going to the gym... Yeah. Just go. Just going to the on and get a haircut. Yeah, I'm exhausted. Oh, okay. Like, I'm just so used to doing so little yeah. that any, I'm not used to like, seeing other people and doing oh, okay. anything else. Uh, so it'll be interesting re-entering the workforce. maybe you have
0: like a stress syndrome or some some kind of uh, post-traumatic t- stress <laughs> yeah, syndrome? Yeah, okay. are, yeah. Right uh, a
1: bit a touch of depression and yeah, like yeah. yeah.
0: Why are you sad? Why? Have you a reason to be sad? No, not really, no. no. No? Okay. So why are you sad? I'm, I don't
1: think I, 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 sh- I, I turned this <laughs> podcast <laughs> yes. I turned it. Are you going <laughs> <like, laughs> to me? Yeah, this yes. is my office. I, yes. This is what I do in my office. <laughs> so
0: that's why. So
1: oh. I think the whole thing with, uh, with Corona and everything else is my motivation has just been like, just yeah. in the basement. So and I've, I've been actually been very impressed when I see, like there are a lot of comics who are still performing. Uh-huh. I like, can argue whether they should or shouldn't, uh, uh-huh. but they're still performing. God, God bless them for doing it. But even people who are like putting out content, like just podcasts or maybe just for me to do this podcast at all, for me it was like, like a monumental effort. Uh-huh, it's, okay. like, it's like I could do that uh, or I could just, keep playing video games or just keep yeah. watching. I've watched so many TV series. I've, I've been to Sopranos, i watched The Wire, I've watched the cup. Again? I, I well,
0: you never saw it I never before. saw The Wire, oh, okay. so I'll
1: well, well. so see that. I saw Sopranos, most yeah. of it. I thought, I'll see that again. Oh. Uh, I watched uh, Mad Men was another one I had never yeah. seen, so I thought, oh, okay, I'll watch that. I've seen The
0: Wire like three times. From really? From the beginning to the
1: end, yeah. I like it the last season was... I did, Awful! Like, I, the whole I loved it. Creating a serial killer. Uh, uh, nah, ah, nah. yeah, but the,
0: the thing, the, the last, the last, uh, the, the fifth uh, season was like combining all the series into one big, you know, crescendo.
1: Didn't you feel that? No, not at all. For um, me, it was uh, jumping the shark. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. wow. Okay, uh, it's interesting. Probably
0: racist, I, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you don't yeah, like black yeah, like yeah, people. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> that's why I, I loved it. It's the b- b- best series ever done. The, the wire like uh, Squid wise and uh, everything and
1: the thing is I watched it I watched the premiere when it first came out I watched uh-huh. the premiere and it just got lost because he was uh, a, uh McNulty Yeah. was meeting like the sergeant or whatever uh-huh. and he was just like sitting here like this and just uh-huh. like fuck you like 18 times in a row and I was just uh, I'm, I'm out and oh, I just okay. never gave him a chance but then I kept hearing oh, my God, The Wire is the yeah, best ever. Yeah. So, I thought, okay, well, I'm doing nothing else. I might as well watch it. And I I, I, mean, I did, I got past that, and I enjoyed I enjoyed the series.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's take, like, three or four episodes before you get into The Wire, I think. It's because then, then you are really into it, and everybody's just, you know, you're walking in that, when you're going out from your apartment, it's like, okay, I'm in The Wire. It's like, um, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I, I love <laughs> that series. I really love it.
1: It was like a, a Breaking Bad. I watched that. I think that was Really? Yeah. That's my turn, Because <laughs> I love that series. Uh, my wife, Ava. Uh, yeah. Like she, like, my, it's like Godfather, she does not like a story structure where someone starts off here and ends here. Yeah, like she okay. wants to see the opposite. Yeah. So she's just not into crime shows at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, she watched... She's uh, she, she, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she watched... Uh, about, better Call Saul for a while. Oh, okay. But even then she kind of checked out. But I've been, like, yeah. trying to get her like, we oh, got to see Breaking Bad, he oh, got to see Breaking Bad. And I, I watched a review recently with someone, some guy who actually just watched it recently. uh uh-huh. And he wasn't sure if he was gonna like it or not. And by the end, by the end, he, he loved the series. But he kept talking about how he had to give it, like, a full season and a half before he got into yeah, it. Yeah. And that's made me, like, okay, I'm not really oh, quite that, sure. That's, that's, I can, that's I can too convince, long. I can convince it's, it's, yeah. my life to uh-huh. invest that's that too, much time. Yeah. And still maybe not like it, but... Uh-huh.
0: But I, I watch a, a lot of crap as well. So you don't, you have to watch crap to enjoy the good things. So that's, it, that's, that's a, like a, it's, it's same with standup. We have it's. to have the bad comedians <laughs> to enjoy the good ones. That was, I would say it's
1: mostly bad, it's mostly crap. Yeah, <laughs> most of them are like 80%. Yeah. Yeah,
0: the
1: other thing I was gonna tell you about that store, uh, that the, the store I worked at, yeah. uh, because it was quite near like the posh area of town, uh, uh the cele- Kong Exactly. Yeah. So celebrities would come in now and then. So in the warehouse there was a whiteboard where people employees actually write on the whiteboard who what was celebrities they come in. So I actually add your name to the list. What? me? A celebrity? It, it lasted one day. Aha, Someone okay. erased that's, that's, that's <laughs> a it. Yeah. He's not so, a celebrity. I I I
0: <laughs> a, I love that person. I'm I don't, I don't see myself as a celebrity. I was big in the nineties. Yes, So that was like <laughs> that's was my prime time. Then it's just went
1: downhill. So. so, so to define our terms, uh, yeah. for this podcast, I am talking to people who have just officially just retired from the scene completely, yeah. uh, or people who are like, they're taking a break, uh, or just people who they're just like, Oh, they're just satisfied. Just perform
0: mm-hmm. now and then. Uh, I'm, I'm on a break. We were on a break. <laughs> I'm on a break. I don't, I, I quit. I don't know. I, I, I have no answer on that, but it was, I can tell you if you want to. Yeah, please. It was like, uh, I think it's six years ago now, uh, I went to a, a small club, a shitty club here in Södermalm, and um, uh, it was a kind of uh, rough evening, you know, a lot of drunk people, and uh, and that's my, that was my prime, you know, when it was a lot of, when it was really kind of sturkit i don't know the word yeah but, <laughs> yeah, but it was uh, rough and uh, hard Th- that was my you know I, I really liked it and i went up and was two people just hackling and being assholes in the audience and i just m- smeared them out and made them so small for like 25 minutes <laughs> uh, just improvising and i went off and people were telling me wow, this is the best stand-up I ever seen in Stockholm. Wow, you were really good, wow, you're the best. And right then, there and then, I decided that, okay, this was my last time. What, what, why? Because I didn't felt that it was good. I, I was like, did, did you think that was good? Did, did you think that I was on my top just now? Then it's Then you don't have a high expectation about me it's Mm. like i can do so much better i can be so much better i can be i shouldn't be here in this crappy club i should do other things i felt that and i i just met my uh, my fiance now fiance and a couple of days before i think i met her for the first time and uh, and and i started to be happy so i didn't i didn't need stand-up anymore i thought i felt like a Ah, I don't need this I don't need that uh, confirmation from the audience it's all about confirmation from the somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so I don't need it anymore so I just said to myself this is the last time and I didn't book I took away all the bookings I had and everything like that it was it was a relief it was <laughs> like a, a good thing I don't I don't know if I probably I'm gonna do it sometimes in the future again N- not s- now. It's like I don't care. I do uh, uh, the Swedish uh, uh, SM the pun contest, right. once a year. But that's not standup. That's more of a you know we need the the old comedy gang and do a venue of puns.
1: I've actually I've never gone to that. Uh, you shouldn't. It's all. <laughs> I
0: hate puns.
1: Puns is the worst
0: thing I know. So no. I think, well, I
1: think for me, well, the challenge would be because Swedish is my second language. Yeah, so yeah, I, I think, yeah. I think yeah. Would, uh, probably the majority of puns would go sailing right, yeah, yeah, over, right, right, yeah. right yeah. over my head. Yeah. But I have heard ones that are quite good. Yeah.
0: Have you seen, you seen Toby Ström on, on stage? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. 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 So he's the grand champion. Not anymore, but he has been for three times.
1: Well, I take credit for that. Uh, because uh, when I got, when Ava and, I got, Ava and I got married, we had a roast, ah, okay. and Tova was on the panel, and at that point he had never won. So I, ah. I, ca- I called him the Corolla of, uh, of Ordwitz. Ah, and okay. then the next year he won. So yeah, I, so okay, I, I, yeah. I had to lift the fire. Ah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> inspired okay. yeah. So, what do you want to talk about? So, so six years. So it's been six years yeah. since he's performed at all? Uh,
0: not at all. I've been, uh, I'm doing uh, like keynotes, uh, Keynote Speaks. Uh, about uh, presentation techniques and everything like that, so I still I'm still in the business in a way Okay, I've been uh, directing some shows as well for people, stand-up shows, and uh, helping people, you know, be on stage So I'm good at that. I'm a director, so mm. a comedy director So I've been doing that, but I'm not been standing on the stage and doing stand-up for Being funny on the stage I've been but not, uh, but more like a keynote speaker okay. for companies
1: and everything like that. And how long did you perform for when you were? I started ninety one. So the, the so the infancy then because. The, 30, Thirty years yeah, ago, yeah, and, and so young compared yeah, to
0: other yeah, yeah, com- compared to England or uh, U.S.
1: What was the scene like? I mean, you must have uh, seen it cha- change a lot over the oh, years.
0: Of course, I had, a, I had a relief of it for a couple of years as well. I've got children and went uh, uh, living in a villa, you know, being that guy. But 91, that was the third year of stand-up in Sweden. If you, if you talk about the start as in uh, 1988 with Vestemans, uh, some people had done uh, stand-up before that but they didn't call it stand-up hmm. uh, so, but they have been doing, doing monologues uh, t- touring around on the theaters in sweden and everything like that but <clears throat> so the, the i went up because um, i had a mentor called ika Nord she's a mime artist in sweden i've been i had a she she was my mentor she helped me with all my performances, I was like an uh, actor, mm-hmm. and um, I I I I moved up to Stockholm in mm-hmm. '91 because I helped her with a with a, a show that she did at a theater that is no more, and um, on the in the autumn I just took a a normal job as a at a school for a kid like helping a, a young kid, and she was so mad at me because she mm-hmm. thought like. You're a, you're, you should be on stage, you should be. And she was so mad that I tried to make a living. It was <laughs> like, so she, she just hung up the phone and 10 minutes later, she called me up and she, she said like, okay, in 10 days, she should, should be on Patricia, a boat that was in Slussen. And you're gonna do something called stand-up comedy. Do you know what it is? Mm-hmm. And I said like, yeah, I know what it is. I've seen Thomas Pettersson and Peter Wahlbeck performing before. Uh, you should do ten minutes and uh, you, you, you're you gonna get paid a thousand cro- krona. Is like. So I was like, okay, ten days I'm gonna do stand-up, so I went there, I met Bertil Goldberg, shook his hand and um, uh, went up for ten minutes and it went well. So I s- then I started my career, uh, I was working at that school and at night time I was doing stand-up, so I was one month later, I met Fredrik Lindström and uh, um, at the same time I met Felix Herrengren and we started a uh, like a, a group and we are starting to doing shows and everything like that. In in between, I was d- doing my work at the school and I started to get uh, work at uh, SVT, Bollibompa, doing children's. Okay. Uh, so I was doing the whole palette.
1: When you're doing shows, were they in theaters, or was it... Well, what? we are
0: doing, we were doing small clubs, like it was a club called Studion at St. Plan. a small small, it was like uh, the the old jugglers in London, it was like like small coffee, you know, small tables with people sitting in a, you know, a kind of a down to small cocktail tables, like a Las Vegas uh, kind of venue, but okay. really, really small. It's like, I think uh, when you filled it with the tables, it was like not more than 150 people. It was really small. You started doing shows there. And doing stand-up and sketches. And, and then uh, Fredrik and Felix started with Hassan for four weeks and then Fredrik took over and he made Hassan and at the same time we were doing shows and we were doing at tv programs at Zeta tv touring around the country uh, doing stand-up. Getting paid from the <laughs> first time you got on stage, not as it is today that <laughs> you don't get paid. I was getting paid for the first time I was standing on stage. The second gig I had, I got five thousand in my hand. It was like, and then I went up to like twelve thousand a gig. It's like, in just like that. Must have been nice. <laughs> no, it's, it, it was. It was. Uh, you, you didn't have that many clubs in Stockholm. You had Patricia, and you had uh, 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 Nora Bruns. just started there in 91, so, 90 uh, or 91. You had those those two clubs, and then you had some small, like Krönet had tried to, a lot of the uh, restaurants tried to do stand-up, some comedians tried to start a club and like that, but it didn't really work. Then I started to work with the uh, I w- I, at the same time, l- later on I started to work with the Theater Sevdo, who was a the theatre group, and we were touring around the, with the Rikstheatern, with a small, like a play, and like that. So, so I w- in the n- same time I was doing stand-up, I was doing stand-up till 97, so I had six years. And then I just stopped, because I had a, a like a company gig in Örebro, 210 men, just so drunk that they couldn't walk any one <laughs> of them and I was like so tired of you know s- s- standing on a stage s- shouting my my funny bits so I just stopped then and there because I had too much to do and I had a, uh, my first son was born a, a year before and I don't I didn't want to go to orkeljunga and do like 40 minutes of stand-up and then go to a hotel and watch porn and be sad because my family was at home so i just stopped with stand-up i didn't like that kind of work
1: yeah i don't think i don't think anyone would ever have a happy career doing corporate gigs no, no. no. It's, in Sweden, it's, it's, it may, maybe it's like this. I've never done a corporate gig outside Sweden. Well, actually, I've done it in Norway, but uh, oh. otherwise. Not, not outside Scandinavia. But it always seems like it's one or the other. Either you have a sober room full of people where um. the one person that arranged the night is the one person that actually likes stand-up, and yeah. the rest are just there. They'd rather, because they'd, they have to. Yeah, they'd rather talk to each it's, other, it's, have yeah. fun, with their, so they're staring at you, uh, or they're just blitzkrieg drunk. Yeah. And then... Then it's heckling and uh, and heckling is fine, but uh, again, not, ma- not
0: not not the uh, chromonyan heckling. <laughs> you know, the people <laughs> who just oh, you're gay. <laughs> you're uh, uh, it's like a uh, I don't I, I can't uh, have a conversation with you. That's As the thing. because
1: yeah. in Sweden because audiences are so polite here. Heckling uh, is so rare. But when you do when have a heckler, is, yeah. Yeah, when you do yeah. a heckler, it's someone that is just shit faced. Yeah, and they give you nothing. It's like uh, yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. it was. Yeah. It was strange. A strange time in the 90s because it was a lot of money, and I, I made a you know a lot of money doing stand-up uh, because you were paid uh, like directly and everything was smooth and everything like that. But in 96, 97, stand-up had a dip as well. You know, you didn't get any that much sh- that much gigs and mm. and. Um, 1999, uh, I think, uh, Janne Westerlund and th- those guys started again. They started the—I the, don't remember what they called but uh, then uh, Was in Stockholm Live, yeah, Stockholm Live, mm. yes. And then in 2003 or four, uh, Henrik Schiffert started with stand-up again. And that, that just a year before, I've been just trying to be be funny again, because my youngest, uh, my oldest son wanted to do, do stand-up as well, so I went with him and made my gig and then he went up and did some stand-up. Okay. So I d- that was the reason I started again. And then 2000 is, I think it's, I don't remember when it was, 2007 or something like that, we started a club with Adil Faki, had started a car club at uh, Marleman, and uh, then we, it became Mittismetan, hmm. and then Isaac Jansson was in the uh, in, in the same cl- uh, club as well, and he started with SME Udvita. That's where we started that uh, twelve years ago. Yeah. But uh, I, I've been then I was doing stand-up for a while from 2004 until five years ago. So I did some gigs. I did uh, I? I didn't fancy the scene then because it became it he had became so like nepotism you know the people were people were holding each other holding each other's back you didn't get get time on the stage because you were funny you got time on the stage because you had a podcast that the the person who had the club wanted to be in and it was so much like politics and so much uh, Things that were strange, and I was just making a, a lot of enemies. I felt like <laughs> people were getting angry on me because I don't didn't care for, for those things.
1: So, so I, I imagine you weren't having, you were not having a problem getting stage on, though. Or
0: no, but st- st- still, I I don't think I was that funny <laughs> in a way. <laughs> I was, I was doing. Uh, I, I, I'm maybe the. I was doing a lot of improv I- improv when I went up on the stand-up stage and I saw all those rookies just getting on on stage doing the same bit over and over again Don't, still not funny but I was like feel the room just look around you you can <laughs> f- pick up things in the room and just say haha funny hats or anything it, it was they were standing there scared like like a, a, a little rabbit in the you know, lights, (laughs) just standing there and just talking their bits. It was so so sad to see that because I'm from the school from the 90s and 80s, the English school where the Malcolm Hardy, you know, the the strange guy doing strange things on stage. I loved the English scene with stand-up and I I was, uh, I think, Sweden was so narrow in its way of looking at stand-up, you know. <coughs> I think Sjönskolan, um, the stage, the, the Swedish art of performing art, uh, the school of performing art in Sweden, they had a one year of comedy and they had lectures from all different funny people. And one, one of the uh, lectures were Baben, and Baben wrote for the, the pupils there. A list that this is stand-up comedy, and I was like, I, I did, did a tweet that she don't do, she don't know anything about comedy. That that's the main thing because the twentieth Dead,
1: dead Poets Society moments, yeah. the first page out of the book of poetry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: but it was like uh, stand-up is being done for with one person on stage talking to an audience. Have you haven't you heard about double acts? Haven't you? Uh, you should don't be don't be a character. What you can be a character. It's like it, she was, like lecturing, uh, wrong, and I was so angry on that. I was <laughs> so angry that, uh, that the stand-up scene was so fixed on one thing. It, it wasn't, you know, you couldn't go. I, I went up to El Mundo, was a wonderful, you know, venue, yeah. and I, I went up there a, a lot of time, don't knowing what I was, gonna do that night. So and I, I loved it.
1: Maybe the audience didn't love it, but I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really care. That for me, I, I've never I've never had the balls just to go just to go up with nothing. But I think for, for me, like, I was gonna ask this too, because I ask everyone this. Uh, there is that kind of the cliche, like the comic who says, uh, I had my first time on stage, and I got my first laugh, and that was like heroin to me, and I had to coming back mm-hmm. for the laugh. And I'm curious if you felt that, because like, for myself personally, that but i never had that feeling i never had the feeling of like oh i i've got it they n-
0: never laughed
1: they, <laughs> they, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they never laughed at me i've 10 years now it's gonna happen Are you quit this day yeah, yeah, job yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna happen eventually yeah but so like the whole like engineering in the crowd in the very beginning i thought that didn't matter to me at all and then i bombed the first for the first yeah. time and then i realized okay that actually actually does mean something to me uh but on the list of things I want to accomplish on stage, like actually actually entertain the crowd so they have a good time, is not like number one. I don't think it's like, maybe not, maybe not in the top five. Like yeah. I've, I've got something I want to say, I want them to like react and, and hopefully yeah. think of me later. Uh, that's my drive for the stage. But I always hate when, any, when anyone says uh, like one line, like people talk about one liners, uh, one liner comedy, and they'll be, they'll say, oh, that's not stand standup. Uh, or characters, or playing uh, yeah, guitar, yeah. or doing magic, oh, that's not stand up. And for me like no you're missing the point like stand-up is this massive umbrella it's yeah it really is anything it can be yeah it doesn't mean it's any good uh, no 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 but
0: look at the stage in the 70s from uh, from in in Britain that's the most funny you know um, you have uh, Malcolm Hardy uh, starting the tunnel that maybe was in the 80s but still it was a variety, a variety. There was a a, different people just getting up on stage doing, tried to be funny in any way. In, you know, juggling or try to do magic tricks in the same time they are. who was a big artist in the late 80s, in the beginning of, he was a, a magician and telling jokes it was and uh, then you have Tim Wine who's only doing puns for like 90 minutes it's you have a, it's a variety of a different things stand up and in Sweden we, have, we it, it's like it, it, it's a lot of stand-up police just telling this is stand-up this is how you do it I went up to El Mundo uh, just uh, doing a tree slot you know starting to <laughs> s- scrape a, tri- a, a, a tris. And uh, I didn't win on the first uh, lottery, but then I just said that this is that this uh, uh, rookie couldn't do this. I can do this, and then I put up another uh, uh, three slot and start scraping that and telling the audience what number went up, and I won on that. I I couldn't expect anything, and people were just didn't know what (laughs) how to react, and it was just weird and just strange and something different and comedy is all always about surprises you have to surprise people and one way of surprises it is to do something different
1: actually yeah for sure <coughs> i remember because uh, i started this uh starting stamp through Bungie. That, yeah that's how i got my start yeah and i remember the, the the uh the first night when i was on and the judges were going to tabulate the scores for the, mm-hmm. for the competition which i didn't care at all about but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah but they were talibating their scores and uh, Ola Aurel went up to entertain the crowd. Uh, yeah, yeah. In the meantime, and yeah. I had never seen him before. Anyone on stage carrying a guitar. And because I I am a, I do believe stamp is huge, but I am a very snobbish about comedy. Also, uh-huh. if I see someone go on stage I've never seen before, my expectations are at, you know, at zero. If I see someone go on stage carrying guitar, my <sighs> expectations are like minus ten. Yeah. Okay. So I saw him go up. I was like, oh boy, here we, okay, here we go. And then he was like he was trying to put the guitar, the guitar strap on. He was like fumbling; like it seemed like he was very nervous. He was fumbling on, and the whole audience was just also like, "Oh boy, what is this going to be?" And they started playing, and he just slaughtered. And I, th- yeah. I, th- I think he slaughtered because he had lowered the feeling of the room yeah, so low and yeah. swung so far the other way. Yeah, so it was really cool to see.
0: Yeah, uh, Olaurella, I, I love him. He, he's you know he, he's always when we are doing space Club and we are little gang with. Thomas Eriksson Ola Aurel, and me and we are doing the Tula, uh, Tola uh, we have done a lo- lot of uh, things at Ronspids <laughs> together and I love Ola he's so different to me actually yeah. that's why I love him
1: did you feel like uh cuz you have a mix of theater theater and and doing keynote speeches and stand up did you feel like you were being your like yourself when you were doing stand up like,
0: I've been I, I I I've been like the 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 bad version of myself uh, in ten times more of that. I, I've been I've been doing it's like when you're doing uh, stand up, you have to be like a cocky person, to s- getting up there, and they, you shouldn't be nervous. You shouldn't be. It's like, but you should have a a, a bad self esteem. It, you should yeah. be bullied w- in your youth, uh, but still you have you sh- have to show the audience, the dogs in the audience, uh, that you are m- you are capable of doing. Make them laugh. That's the main thing. You you have to, to get up on stage and doing that. So, but the the thing is that I felt like the first time when I was doing stand-up between '91 and '97, I was like the. Lovable buffoon of myself, and the second um, time, two thousand and four, and now f- forward, when I stopped doing it, I was like the street smart version of myself. I was a lot of, you know, shouting at the audience and being angry at the audience, I- in a way. I I think that people were afraid of me. Other comedians was afraid of me. That's, was my because I had this self-confidence and a self-esteem to just I didn't care what people <laughs> thought about me.
1: But do you enjoy? Do you enjoy a feeling though of people being afraid of you?
0: No, I don't care. I I I don't understand that feeling from other people. I don't understand why they are afraid of me. In a way, <laughs> because I, I, they know probably they know that I don't um, I can kill them with words and and I don't like that feeling. Hmm. You know? and, I, and they don't know where they have me. They don't know what, I, what they expect from me. So that's the thing. But I'm kind of a nice person, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but people don't, uh, they don't think that about me, I think.
1: Oh, uh, you said you, so you said you left because, like, as you, as you said, you felt like you weren't at your best and yet others thought you were uh, I, I you. was.
0: I was turning happy. I think that's the main. That's the the short and funny <laughs> <laughs> <the> answer <laughs> yeah. to that question. But the, 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 I felt like uh, I've been I was doing that, and I I was on a turning point. So I can do the same thing over and over again. Now I have to have a break, and when I'm getting back on the stand-up stage again. I'm gonna do something completely different.
1: That's what I was gonna ask you. Is because yeah. you changed over the years. Yeah, of course. So does this new feeling give you that any motivation to go and on stage and show a new something? The, the thing, the
0: thing, the thing is, when I had my stop between '97 and 2004 or three or something, when, when I would do my first gig in 2003 or four, I didn't remember. It was at Boulevard. I think it was a bunker comedy comedy yeah you know, I, I was the interval or anything okay. like that I don't remember but uh, uh, Magnus Bettnir was in the audience and he wrote a blog uh, a blog about it and just wrote like then Pontus Ströberg went up on stage from uh, He he's an old comedy and he he shouldn't have d- done that <laughs> he shouldn't been doing a, like a comeback, because he's awful. Okay. He was writing that and I was like, "Hey, why?" And I I confronted him and I say, "Why did you say that? But why are you uh, you can you can t- tell me in my face. You shouldn't say that on the blog." <laughs> and I was just uh, uh, we had a kind of a beef, you know. And I was I was so mad of uh, of that, you know, his comments on that blog. And I was like, you know the next time I went up I just changed everything because I went on on stage and I hadn't seen stand-up in some couple of years and I didn't know the, the room anymore right? I didn't know the feeling so the next time I, I had done my homework and I was <laughs> totally different <laughs> writing material in a different way and everything like that and tried to just get the room because I saw a lot of stand-up comedians not understanding the caption of the room understanding that too so so i felt like okay i'm gonna be that comedian that can take something from the room and make it d- don't have to be hilarious it can be a little bit funny and people gonna kind of think it's hilarious because the feeling is that i i get up with it right now yeah it's, it's, it's like, like in the moment in, in yeah. instance yeah so and it's just from the bank of things that is funny in from my head so i can just you know, my ap- four apes, uh, uh, the chimpanzees in my head is working like, <laughs> like hell to find the funny things in the room. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't.
1: I wish more people had that mentality. That's one thing, I, I host shows very often. Yeah. I, I host far more than I do sets. Yeah, okay. And I really don't do crowd work because I, I, I don't enjoy it. Because m- most, because the vast majority of crowd work I see in Sweden is the host saying, Hey, what's your name? What do you do? Yeah. Oh, you're a carpenter. And wow, and have a joke for that. They always they
0: always <laughs> say it's a, the, I'm a salesman because it's always salesman. Yeah, so it's like they, IT, unemployed, <laughs> an or yeah, I'm a student. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's the <laughs> like, same thing. Same thing go all over again.
1: And and that, drives it, me, that drives me crazy also because it's, it's so common to get one of those three answers. The host has no nothing prepared. Are yeah. oh, you working IT? Oh. <laughs> hey, you've heard this yeah. response so many yeah. times, yeah. But but I feel like I sometimes feel like, like a bad conscience. Like I feel like as a host, I probably should talk to the crowd more because that will help the comics. Because the, then the comics yeah. can hear more of, the, more of the lines. But the comics don't pay attention anyway. I've been to, I've been to so many shows where five comics ask the same guy. Uh, hey where, what's your name you, what do you, you do, do you, uh, did you pay
0: attention at all uh, they don't listen to each other that's the wrong that that's the main thing you have to listen to the com- comedian that's before you you don't have to listen to them that's after you because that that, that doesn't uh, matter, that, that yeah, does yeah. matter but you have to look at the room and see what's happening in the room because then you know the room you know whether the angry guy is you know whether annoying girl is you know where you know you have to know the room you have to have the caption to understand the room then you can be funny
1: yeah it was one, one of the f- one of the very few gigs i did last year uh my first time in months mm-hmm. and i had a set in mind that i was going to do and then the comic before me uh you did all your jokes it's all my jokes yeah <laughs> the see o- them the a thousand times the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, talking, he was talking about the uh, pippi longstocking yeah and then I was listening to him, and it hit me like, oh shit! I have a I have a joke that's like eight years old. That I haven't done in eight years, but it goes. I could talk about that. And then I was thinking about that, and then I realized, oh, but there's like there's in my bit, there's a callback to another bit I haven't done in a million years either. So I just changed my entire yeah. set the minute before I got on stage, and it went really well because I think the the audience really appreciated like, oh, like I'm actually. It's in the moment. Yeah, but it's actually? in the moment.
0: They've probably felt that a little bit of anxiety in you that I don't know what I'm gonna talk. I, I have to remember this. I have to, and then you started to taste the words you were saying, and then it felt like, okay, this is happening now. That's <laughs> the main thing. That's the main thing in comedy.
1: And that's what I love <clears> at <throat> the beginning when they first started. Uh, and this is, I think people don't really quite understand the real process of when you really, how it is to start mm-hmm. because I mean, everyone knows that when you first start you're gonna be terrible uh and i did mark that <laughs> yeah. i wonder how good you really were
0: <laughs> I, I i wasn't that i have heard uh, like uh, recordings from my stand-up for, from 92 uh, the the i was starting 91 in november so i've heard recordings but i started recording myself from the beginning the early beginning and i've heard recordings from the from the beginning, and I'm not funny. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I, I so we, uh, me and uh, Thomas Eriksson has a pod, pod podcast called Svensk Schämtline, and for the patrons, we have an extra additional uh, that we doing cringe things, you know, <laughs> from ourselves. And I, I, we have been playing up the the 92 gig that I did did in Trollhättan, uh, and just commenting. The, the gig, and <laughs> Thomas has just been pointing finger at me and laughing at me <laughs> that I was so young. It's like 20 year, 28 years ago. It's so weird. But I was, people, the audience felt that I was funny. That's the main thing. That, that's, the, that, that's, that's, the that's the important, important yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah so. because definitely over years, maybe I've seen like status updates, like on yeah. Facebook, a memory of like uh, like nine years ago. I was like, oh, I killed my Big Ben. It's like, uh, no. No, you I'm didn't. sure I thought I did then. Yeah. But I've seen so many comics with, much, like, way more experienced than me have a, a set that I would, like, dream for. Like, my wow, fantastic set. And they walk off stage and they're just miserable. Just like, oh. But it's almost like your situation where, where like, you felt awful. Yeah. But the other comics in the room, like, oh, that was the best. Yeah, it it but really but matters so, what you feel.
0: Yeah, the strange, the strange feeling of after a gig is always anxiety. It's all when you're stepping off and you was like, okay, what just happened? That's my feeling always. Okay, what just happened? What did I say? I don't. I can't. I. I. I I'm not myself on stage. I'm some alter ego. Just <laughs> like a madman, the mad science on stage, <laughs> and I can do anything on stage because I don't have any shame in my
1: body. I, that's um, that's a handicap. Yeah, yeah you an, have to get rid. You have to get rid of dignity, yeah, pride. Uh, you yeah, got to throw those away. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, I, I have some guilt still, so I'm not a sociopath. <laughs> so,
1: so, um. What I was going to say before is uh, if, when you get past that initial period of just being just mm. being terrible and club owners saying no to you more than they say yes, when they start to say yes more often and you're finally getting those five, six minutes on stage
2: mm.
1: and you, you can work on that until you finally get like this like perfect five-minute set. But then you have new ideas you want to do, mm. but you still only get five minutes for it could be y- literally years, years before yeah. you get to have more than minutes on stage <laughs> so you have to like you have like these perfect joe like you've worked on, on this material you made it perfect but you have to put it on a shelf you have to get you have to get rid of it to make room for a new idea yeah but the nice thing is like you get this back kind on of this back catalog in your head mm-hmm. of stuff you can dig out yeah but it just drives me crazy because one thing I, I decided in january of 2020 so before covid i had already decided okay i need to take a step back and just Slowed down performing. Mm. Uh, it was wasn't even performing that much at the time anyway. But I just I just had kind of stepped back, and then when COVID hit, I was like sort of like just kind of coming back to the club scene, and then COVID hit, so all the clubs shut down yeah. except for one, uh, and I could see there were comics who were performing, and they were they were there like three nights a week, all the time. Mm. And I knew then I knew I was like okay if I don't see these people if I, if I'm away for six months, when I come back, I'm going to see these comics who've been performing three nights a week. And they're gonna have nothing I haven't heard before. And that is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And that, I, again, all power to them. If they if they enjoy doing that, then great. But it doesn't work for me personally. Like I, I don't understand that. I don't understand just doing the same thing, the same reaction over, over, over again and again. over and over No, again.
0: it's no progress in that, I think. It's no progress doing the same thing over and over Of course, if you're doing a big, big show in a big, big venue, like Globen, of course, you have to do like a set. You can't go up and just improvise for one hour. That's going to be hard because it's to the distance, and it's not. It's a hard room to work. But oh, it's so sad. Swedish comedy is so sad.
1: But at the same time, though, because I am very snobbish, <clears> I do feel that way. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like I sh- shouldn't, because one one thing I hear quite often when people say why well, they stop performing, they'll say like they'll they'll say oh, it was it was a hobby, and then. I realized I had like no new ideas, so I stopped. Or it was a hobby, but then I did Raw, or I did Nora Bruin, and I knew uh, I'm never gonna get better than this, so mm. then I stopped. And that's what fascinates me, because I've never heard someone say, uh, well, I started bird watching as a hobby, mm. uh, but then one day I saw a Peacock, Wisconsin, mm. and realized I'm, I'm never gonna see a bird better than that, so I just stopped.
2: Mm.
1: But can't, can't you still enjoy the hobby? Like, if, if you enjoy making an entertaining crowd,
0: The the thing is, uh, the long answer why I stopped doing comedy was that uh, the confirmation, uh, I got the confirmation from another stage, like a keynote speaker, so when I was doing, uh, I was going around in the country with a guy who's sitting in a wheelchair, he's broken the fifth, I don't know what to call it, yeah yeah. yeah, the fifth, and so he's uh, paralyzed from the the breast and down. And we were talking about uh, how you uh, cope with the uh, suddenly hard change, because he was diving from, you know, into the water from a bridge and just hit, Hmm. you know, a a rock. Uh, And the confirmation from that, telling people, in a way, some jokes and some things that makes their lives better you know, make they make them uh, get up from the, the, you know, the anxiety bed in the morning, make them get the tools to work their day. Uh, the confirmation from that was so much bigger than the stand-up. And the stand-up was like, oh, good gig yeah. from the other co- comedians. Uh, and that confirmation were, eh, for me. And compared for the 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 35-year-old woman who was uh, home alone with two children and just crying her eyes out, and I made a tool for her to cope with her every day. And the confirmation from her was so much bigger than the confirmation from the, the shitty gig in, in Söder <laughs> sort of So that's uh, actually the biggest reason that I quit stand-up, because uh, I got confirmation from somewhere else.
1: Do you feel like you're, you'll always need confirmation? In uh, some of, form.
0: Uh, in some form I need confirmation. Uh, now, now on the co- the COVID year, I've d- done a, a lot of Zoom, uh, you know, lectures and uh, kind of, and the Zoom is really hard, you know, uh, because you don't get the confirmation there, because you don't get the confirmation from the eyes. That's the right. best confirmation. People look into your eyes and okay. I can feel, okay, there is a trust there's something built up between us we can trust each other uh, you can't get that on zoom you can't get that through a computer <laughs> and that's the main thing that so this year year's you know been hard on the confirmation bit but i still have clients that i i haven't told that i what i work with no <laughs> yeah, yeah no. I, I i'm a t- keynote speakers mentor so i'm a like presentation technique mentor for uh, keynote speakers and uh, CEOs for big companies. So I learn, I, uh, I teach people how to stand on the stage and be more manipulative, the audience and everything like that. So that's my, so the year I had in, in Corona is been having clients sitting in, in, in the chair here and I get confirmation from them hmm. of course. So uh, the stage confirmation is, is hard on everyone due COVID, but still, it's gonna be like a, it's gonna be like an orgy when everything is <laughs> <So> over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people are gonna right. get drunk as hell and then just have an orgy of performance. It's like, it's gonna be hard on a, a, a lot of people. I
1: think. What's your opinion of the comics who are still performing? They continue to perform I like
0: no. I don't care, but I, I uh, of course, they're a little bit stupid because they gather people, and we shouldn't do that because it's going to be over much further, uh, faster if they don't. But I don't care. I I can't. You can't learn stupid people things. So <laughs> yeah. it's uh, it's like that.
1: Uh, it's funny for me. Funny for me because uh, I actually went to the U.S. last summer. Yeah, uh, I was in New Jersey to visit family, mm. and just the, the the difference in attitude towards corona wearing masks and actually being safe yeah. in the u.s was like, so high yeah. and sweden is
0: and liberal very yeah. liberal at
1: yeah. least what was interesting to me was that sweden really switched places in the political landscape landscape yeah. in america yeah. because before covid uh cnn you know uh, msnbc you know on the on the left they love sweden mean, uh, so liberal, it's socialist. On the right, you know Fox News, uh, you know, socialism is, is communism. It's the same thing. Uh, and Sweden was the great villain. And then when COVID hit, it flipped completely. So CNN would, would just show all these pieces on Sweden. It's like, they're not socialistic. They're not uh, wearing masks. They, they don't don't care. Their numbers of deaths are so much higher than their neighbors. Meanwhile, on Fox News, they're saying, why are we locking down? Look at Sweden. Sweden is fantastic. Like, they're uh, just uh, using uh, commons and blah, blah. blah. I'm curious if that's going to, f- after COVID, maybe they'll flip back. Yeah, way, probably again, we yeah. do. Probably do. We, it's a, you know, everything
0: is uh, after construction. I don't know the English yes. word. A, after construction. Right. You know, you're yes. doing, doing constructions afterwards. So it's going to be a lot of them. You know, people are going to say, "Ah, oh, if we did this, it would be like this and everything like that. Yeah. We don't know anything. We don't know shit. So, yeah,
1: we'll, we'll know later on. Yeah, probably.
0: Or we know... Uh, a truth that we're going to confirm as a truth, but still it's going to be like weed.
1: My, my father has actually been working as a, my father retired years ago. Yeah. He kind of works part-time doing this and that, and he has been working as a custodian in a, in a high school, in the oh, United okay. States. Yeah. Uh, one of his jobs is like actually like disinfecting school buses after they're used, uh. Uh, spraying down lunchrooms after they're used. Uh. And now, like a few days ago, the CDC in America, they just called an end to what they call hygiene theater. Ah, okay. they, they said uh, they say it is next to impossible to get corona from services. So all the hand sanitizing and oh. spraying down services has been completely useless, but it makes people feel better. But they yeah, say you just yeah. stop doing it. Uh, but I mentioned that with my father, he didn't really quite respond. No, no, but because was,
0: that's his truth. It's, it's like a way of seeing the world. You can't just poke that yeah. and make it disappear for people. So Yeah, we I've
1: have, talked about this pod before, but it's, it's really interesting to see on, on Facebook especially just to see uh, who takes what positions mm. one way or the other. Like some yeah. people are so terrified and those people who just don't care yeah. at all and yet they're so equally passionate by posting their opinions. Yeah. On I, I've
0: seen that in, in comedians as well because it's two different people there. It's the, the you know the conspiracy comedian and then the comedian that's quiet and then the, it's the comedian that says okay listen to the government listen yeah. to what uh, everybody says but it's funny it's funny that people still believe that they're having having the th- truth
1: so yeah well yeah. we won't know for sure I no, I mean, <coughs> no maybe may the hand sanitizing sent- does does work so i've, yeah. so I've done it and, you know hopefully the masks do work so i'll wear a mask yeah you know, and yeah them.
0: of course but I. Uh, yeah i do as well so and and I try to have a distance to people, is like, yeah. and I haven't had it. So have you been sick? Not no, I've no, <laughs> no. I, I've
1: been told that I'm not cool because I didn't get it yet. Yeah, okay. No. But I start working next week, so
2: mm-hmm.
1: fingers crossed.
0: The the thing <laughs> is that I believe that I have that gene that's uh, uh, and I have the uh, the blood group that's a little bit better, and I have asthma. And asthmatic people have 30% less chance to getting COVID, really, because, because yeah. of all the inhalators and uh-huh. everything we do. Lucky?
2: Yeah, <laughs>
0: probably. <laughs> I'm gonna get it just like one day before I'm gonna get my shots. So <laughs> it's right gonna be right. a, that's a, the law of, of uh, yeah. Shit. I'm not, like, for me, uh, like I'm not,
1: I'm not really worried about getting it myself, but yeah. I, I, I don't want to spread it to someone else. That's my, that's, that's yeah. the biggest thing. From, again, well, my father, my my stepmother got it and she was, pretty, she was in pretty rough shape for a while, like really yeah. coughing a lot and fever and didn't really feel well. Uh, since, so, since she had it, my father got tested and found that he had it, mm-hmm. but he never had the slightest yeah, symptom no, no. or anything. That is the, the best way mm-hmm. to get it. Yeah. Like, get it, but don't. But you it. don't know, that's yeah, yeah. The, the thing.
0: My, my son, uh, my son's girlfriend got it and he didn't, but they live like in 70 square meters, <laughs> like a small apartment and that's so strange. And that's why I think that we have that gene, that Krumanjong okay. <laughs> gene. My father is Danish and my mother is Finnish and, and people are getting, we are, I'm from all over the world. Like, I'm not Swedish, actually.
2: <laughs>
0: <coughs> yeah? Anything else? You you had one thing that I would talk about you, one thing yes,
1: that you so said, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, i <coughs> end each episode with a war story exchange, because that is the, that's the chief thing I miss about comedy clubs, I, I do miss The Hang. I miss <coughs> just telling oh, the war okay. stories. So yeah, I asked you, I had some, something I want to tell you. I was asked you if you had a story in mind. Yeah. If you wanna go first or I can go first? You can so. go first. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the one I wanna tell you, uh, I believe you were at Big <coughs> Ben, so when I, when I signed up with Bungie, I had never mm-hmm. been to any stamp in Sweden at mm-hmm. all. Uh, but I signed up with Bungie and then I heard about Big Ben. So I went to mm-hmm. Big Ben before I did Bungie, just to watch a show and see what was going on. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you were there that night. If, if it wasn't that night, it was early, it was very early on, but in, in any case, uh, part of your act that night was I got to see you completely naked. No, not completely. Except for except yeah, for, yeah, except yeah. for uh, Barbie clothes on on, on your, my weenie. Yeah. Your yeah. Uh, so that was very. So some a few years later, uh, you, you if you were nice, you would say that inspired me, uh, or you can say uh, I stole the idea. Oh, ah, okay. Uh, one thing i one thing the uh, big handicap for me is uh, on stage is i i cannot do accents uh-huh, uh, okay. or char- i can i can the best i can do is like i can do like a d minus level boston accent because i lived there for years uh-huh. uh i can do uh mama mia that's about it i, can, mm-hmm. like, I can't do dialects i'm always jealous of comics you can uh, and
0: probably when you're doing a dialect we can't hear the
2: difference
1: uh, but mm. I was talking to uh, Thanos Fotos, uh, ah. who is, I, I think he's amazing when does characters. Mm. And I, I told him that. I said, I wish I could do the different accents and mm. things. And he, like, looked me in the eye and he told me, he said, the, the reason you can't do voices is because you say you, you can't, can't do voices. that's very profound. It's Yoda. It's <laughs> yeah. Yoda. But then it just gave me this idea <clears throat> of, uh, okay, what if I go on stage and I'll tell the crowd, uh, Okay, I'll, I'll tell, tell me exactly that, that I had this handicap, and I'm going to try to get over it uh, by testing uh, a few. I'll, I'll do uh, classic villains from, from mm-hmm. movies. And if I do it well, then you'll guess who it is. So I set it, this big setup. And then the first one I do is Darth Vader, which mm-hmm. is extremely Yeah, exactly. It's so oh, basic. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay, that one went well. And then for the next one, uh, I end up doing uh, my impression of uh, uh, Buffalo Bill from Sons and Lambs, so uh, mm-hmm. James Gum. Mm-hmm. So I have it all set up. So the DJ would play uh, "Goodbye Horses." Mm-hmm. I do the scene where I put, I put the robe on. I take everything off underneath, and then open the ro- put the lipstick on. Do the little like "Would you marry yeah, me?" Yeah, and then yeah. like run, and then open the robe, and I'm tucked in, and I just stand there, and I would just stand there for like five minutes or so. So I had this idea, and I plan- I had it. I was booked at a mafia a bar. <coughs> yeah. So okay, I'm gonna do it. On, I'm gonna do it on that night, and I wasn't thinking at all. that It was Valentine's Day and uh, for what, so whatever reason the audience yeah. was predominantly women yeah and they loved it I had this like this huge reaction when I, when I did it uh-huh. uh, and from that point on actually Mafia started doing a Valentine's Day yeah, a special yeah, Valentine's yeah, special. Day show and I, I did that bit every, every year Valentine's for, twice, for yeah, years yeah, that was yeah. really fun but I did, I did it once at Big Ben uh, it was the, the only time I ever actually had to host the show I think I was like the 80 people in front of me in line couldn't do it so I got to post oh, uh, but I had already had in mind I wanted to do this bit there Big Ben so I did a Big Ben and got the same reaction it was, it was fun uh, but then the the owner found out and uh, the bartender told me afterward he said the owner had come to me and said no one gets naked here again yeah. Um, so if you're planning to do that bit again, you can't do it, Big bang I'm sorry, I, I, I ruined it. I probably can do it. Yes.
0: I probably do it because <laughs> the owner is afraid of me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny bit. That's a good, know, war, good war story. Yeah. 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 I have a lot of war stories. Okay. I can't pick one. That's the problem. Tell as many as you want. Uh, wow, that's good. Uh, the first one, I, uh, I was th- when, I, when I got that uh, you know, kind of... Thing from you to talk of war stories. I, I remember in '93, I think it was. I be I was I had been doing stand-up like for two years, and I went to visit my uh, a really good friend of me called Dave Thompson in England. Yeah, a big, com- a, a big. He's not a big comedian, but a uh, like a. Wait uh, out that time. it <laughs> doesn't matter. Uh, he's he's been doing uh, a lot of um, a comedy with uh, what is called. Uh, uh, oh, called uh, Harry Hill. He's doing a lot of comedy with Harry Hill, who's uh, like a goofy guy in England. With a, you know, he talk like this. Ah, ah, <laughs> he's a really uh, a different guy, but he'd done a lot of. He's been uh, Harry Hill sidekick and everything like. That. He was a good friend. Uh, Dave Thompson. He's been, he had been in Sweden doing like um, uh, comedy uh, uh, at uh, the Näsjö Comedy Festival. Festival. He was doing like uh, a lecture for Swedish comedy uh, comedies for, for what, what is comedy and he had a lecture for like three hours talking about only comedy. Uh, and we went, we, we were really good friends and we hit out and everything was good and I went to visit him in London And I asked him that, uh, can't we go to the worst place there is here in London? The worst, worst place. And he said, of course. So we went to Up the Creek, who was Malcolm Hardy's place, uh, a a big uh, comedian in the 80s who was doing the balloon dance. Have you seen that? Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was one of the characters in the balloon dance from England. And he had a place in Up the Creek, uh, in Greenwich called up the creek and uh, All the furniture in this venue was screwed on uh, into the floor Nothing was loose. They were they were serving beer in plastic mugs. There were uh, ashtrays uh, uh, on the table as like uh, massarin, you know the 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 folie things there was nothing hard in the in the audience place because they were throwing things at the comedians they had just a month before i was there they had taken down the nets that was in between the audience and the stage and malcolm hardy was always he was always comparing he was a a mc uh, at the venue and he was always like shit faced he was always as drunk as hell. He had once, um, uh, Dave told me that he had once peed on a guy who uh, had fallen asleep in (coughs) in the audience, and he started to just pee on him. Uh, So it was a really rough, rough venue. And I went there, and uh, I think it was a Sunday, and uh, after a while I went looking at comedies, and the audience was nice, but they were, weren't that horrible, I thought. There was a g- really good heckler, and uh, you can only find them in England. <laughs> and I said to uh, Dave, as a joke, actually, uh, this is not that hard. I can, do, I can do this venue. And he said, oh, really? And he went away, and then he came up to me, and he said, like, okay, for the next co- comedy act, Malcolm Hardy gonna introduce you as the Swede. So just go up on stage and do like seven minutes." And I was like, no? Okay, wow. <laughs> uh, and Malcolm Hardy introduces me as the Swede. And I, I get up on stage and I do the best seven minutes I've done ever in my career. It was lovely, I loved it. All the girls in the room wanted to fuck me, all the guys <laughs> in the room wanted to fuck me, everyone wanted just to be with the Swede, you know. And uh, afterwards when I uh, Malcolm Hardy introduced the next guy and he took me aside and he said come on come into my office and he sat me down in a like a really uh, strange office uh, he had back, uh, backstage and he said okay In February, this was in August and September. In February, I have a slot in on Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be twenty minutes, and you're going to get here, and you're going to get paid. So I, he booked me a gig just right (laughs) then, just afterwards, and I was like, okay, I was in heaven and everything like that. And um, this was before the email time and everything. You, You can email in '93. Some people had it, but it was still. In, in Italy. So I got a call in November from Malcolm Hardy on the telephone just confirming the date, you know. And I went there and the first evening I'm gonna do 20 minutes in another language. Uh, it's a different thing to just do five, seven minutes just translating things in your yeah. head. But uh, uh, I've been planning that 20 minutes for a long time. And I went up, Malcolm Hardy, told so like okay, this is uh, this is a good friend of mine and blah 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 he talked of me like that but we weren't friends we were (laughs) acquaintance but I went up and I started my material that I I just translated my Swedish material uh, and my bits and suddenly uh, beside me stood a woman angry as hell she was so furious and she had just started from nowhere just shouting at me to get off the stage my wanking wanker and uh, it was like what just happened and I went off stage Malcolm Hardy threw out the lady and he apologized and everything like that and uh, the next comedian went up and I was like what just happened and I realized that I would just translated uh, my material from Sweden and the equality between men and women is different in 93 in England and in Sweden. In Sweden, we can just talk about things and no one gets offended. Not nowadays, but in right. 93, we can just talk on anything and people wasn't, weren't offended. And there was a, like a high uh, ceiling in, in uh, every joke. And I had just translated the jokes and she was offended. I couldn't realize that. But I realized it when I got off stage and start to think a little bit, okay, this is maybe offen- offensive. Do you, I re- do
1: you remember the joke? No, nah, I, can't,
0: I can't remember the joke, hmm. actually. And the thing is that I was, uh, uh, I didn't sleep that night because I had a gig the next day. And I started just, you know, doing, writing new material. I was just doing, I, I was like, furious I was like sad I was ev- every feeling that you can have that night and I went back on this Sunday and uh, when I went in backstage and Malcolm Hardy was standing there uh, drunk he was always drunk but he was drunk <laughs> and he looked at me and said wow are you here I didn't think that you would <laughs> come here today <laughs> but <laughs> strong he said it's a, just strong wow and um, he introduced he in- introduced me And I went up on stage and I did my second best gig I ever done (laughs) in my life so I and when I went off I said to myself this is 90 I think it's 94 in February 94 I said that this is the last time I did England because it went so well and I was like I I will I will remember the last gig I did in London. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to remember that shitty gig that I did when the, I got the, the girl really, you know, angry. And Malcolm Hardy, uh, he, he was really nice to me afterwards, and I got like uh, uh, two hundred pounds more uh, for, for in payment in my hand. that's a lot of money then but uh, in England it was a lot of money for for, uh, the gig and he was really you know he wanted to book me again and I explained that this was the last time (laughs) I was doing and one year later or two years later uh, a lot of Swedish comedians went over and started to do gigs but I was the first one to go over (laughs) to 2005 Malcolm Hardy uh, drowned in a boat Mm -hmm. and he died and um, of course he died he drowned Uh, and the year after uh, i got a strange call from england from uh, some people who was doing a documentary about malcolm hardy and they wanted to interview me Mm -hmm. because malcolm hardy has had always talked really good about me i didn't know that i just went home to sweden and lived my life and didn't understand anything about but Malcolm Hardy was like I was one of his war stories okay actually <laughs> so they did they, they wanted to do an interview with me I didn't I, I never did that interview I don't know if there is a documentary or anything like that why didn't you do it because I couldn't I couldn't go to England and they did couldn't go to Sweden mm-hmm. they just asking me if I was going to England and maybe they had no budget and everything like yeah okay. So uh, but that's one of my war stories that makes me kind of sad that I didn't do England more after my, that I, I, I was so scared of doing comedy in another language because that's really hard. Actually.
1: Well, maybe when you come back, oh, I'm never going to do it.
0: <laughs> I said to myself, I'm never going to do England. So. But I, uh, it's a war story in a war story. So got to, I, I, I became a war story. The, th- the funny thing as well, uh, 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 like a side war story to this story <laughs> as well, is that Ben Kersley in uh, you know, yeah. he uh, it's a story about uh, Malcolm Hardy in the 80s having a club called The Tunnel. And the tunnel was a venue that people got up on. It was like a talent scout venue and people doing crazy stuff. And one, one time it was a Swedish guy getting up on stage and tap dancing. The thing was was that on stage they had a carpet. So <laughs> yeah. it was just a guy standing, moving his leg, and. The audience couldn't hear what he was doing, <laughs> and he did that for five minutes or something like that. And the thing is that uh, people started to shout when they thought that it was a really lousy comedy act or a, an act. They started to shout at the tunnel, bring back the sweet. <laughs> that was a uh, uh, the thing that they shouted at uh, up the creek as well. Bring back the sweet when they thought that somebody was lousy. The thing is, the first time when I was doing Up the Creek, the people in the audience started to shout, bring back the Swede, the second I got off the stage. <laughs> and they, uh, Malcolm Hardy explained that to me when I was there the second time, that I had turned around that, you know, that chanting, that the audience, that bring back the Swede had became a good thing, <laughs> but from being a bad thing. Ben is, uh, he's convinced that I'm the Swede doing the tap dancing, <laughs> but that's not the truth. I haven't uh, found out who that was, but I think it's a musical artist uh, from Sweden who did the tap dancing on the carpet. But I'm not that Swede. But it's still, I'm the Swede that they shouted, bring back the Swede and making the shaunting good again. So, so, bring back the Swede. Here I am. It's a good story. Yeah, it's a strange story. Do you want to want another one?
1: Sure, but before that, as I was gonna mention it's funny you mentioned uh, Dave Thompson because I because I met him. This was yeah. years ago now. Uh, uh-huh. but, I, but I met him. I forget the context was something to do with clubs. But I met him here, and like we were hanging out at a bar after, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I watched him for an extended period of time without success. Uh, hit on, hit on, hit on a woman. One, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was funny to me because Dave Thompson uh, is Tinky Winky. Yeah, of course. And in the U.S. Uh, that was a huge, the, on the right, ah. it's like, oh, Tinky Winky is gay, they're spraying right. gay propaganda. So I was able to announce on Facebook, and say, you can relax.
0: Tinky, Tinky Winky is not not gay, gay. Not gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. And that was funny, because uh, I knew day when he was recording the, the Teletubbies as well. And he was like, uh, he, he, he was so uh, glad that he was uh, getting a gig, because he had, he had no, not, not that much money. And the thing is that that he only did the first 75 episodes, then they uh, switched the persons in the costumes. And he was the one, I think they switched two of them, and he was one of them. Hmm. Probably he wanted more money or anything like that. Or he was too strange, uh, backstage. (laughs) He is a strange character. I I love him. Uh, I really love him. He's a good friend.
1: Cool. Yeah. In my story? Oh, I have a lot of stories. <laughs> At sure. the, the, um, I'm still on void. I have nothing but time.
0: Uh, the, the, I, uh, okay, I have one story. I mean, the, the, the thing is that uh, stand-up is so funny. And uh, uh, One of my El Mundo gigs you can see on YouTube. Um, because I always wanted to do something different when I got to El Mundo. Something strange or something different. And there were uh, some uh, hardcore fans being there every week, two guys, one with the glasses and the one of his friends. And uh, I knew that, and um, I asked the, w- the, the one guy uh, a lot of questions about another guy, and I said to him, just be quiet of this. And the, the bit that is on YouTube is called the, the mentalist. <laughs> because I'm getting up on stage, and s- saying to the audience that um, i'm going to change path i'm not going to be a stand-up comedian because i don't fancy that anymore i'm going to be a mentalist and then i start with the, this guy si- sitting in the audience and i say can i uh, borrow your glasses just, so i started to feel the glasses and then i start to tell things about him that only he can be the, the, when his when his birthday and uh, where, where his mother and father is called. So I just googled everything and just made a cold <laughs> reading of him as a, as a warm reading of him as hell. And I was just and he was just sitting there. Just, yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and uh, afterwards, that I, I, I'd, and I always had a catchphrase in at El Mundo. Uh, uh, I always said and this. rookie comedian can't do this is a one thing that a rookie comedian can't do so I just did that bit with the mentalist the thing is that the the funny thing with that bit was that I had rehearsed it and rehearsed the things about this guy for one night and when I got there he weren't there so just like five minutes before I realized that I don't have any material to get <laughs> up. On. And that's, I, then is when I remember that I had two uh, trislotter <laughs> in my pocket. And that's when the trislot uh, uh, bit got started. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the thing is that then half year later I was at El Mundo again and he was in the audience and I just got that memory back and d- did that bit. So it took like eight months for me to do. One like eight <laughs> minutes bit once, just for one, one venue. And I think a lot of comedians should learn from that thing <laughs> because that's more funny. I think it's so much more funny to do as one thing one off, five minutes, and then never do it again. And people are gonna remember it as like, this is crazy. He wrote one thing for one gig at shitty. El Mundo for fifty people, <laughs> <laughs> and it's never going to do it again. Uh, I think that's kind of a spirit you have to have as a
1: comedian. Did you yeah. ever, ever find out that you had planned that in advance? Yeah, they did. I
0: I told them. I I told on stage uh, uh, after. Uh, that was the main thing. That I it took eight months to do this <laughs> this joke, and that is uh, one thing that a rookie co- comedian w- <laughs> would never do. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, Thank you very much, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you for... Unless you have more I stories have, you want to tell? I have a lot of stories. One one that I uh, usually talk about is when I was uh, MC up in Gävle. I was an MC every week in, in Gävle. I was an MC at Patricia. I was an MC at uh, Segeltorp, uh, 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 kind of a... So I, I did a lot of MCing and that's... You know, if you want to build material, it's a good thing to do. It's just writing things, writing things, mm. writing. But I was up in Javle and after the gig, uh, I met a, a beautiful woman. You know, I was in my youth, I was uh, probably good-looking, and I was a funny guy standing on stage, and she fancied me. And I went home with her, you know, that night. This is Sweden, it can happen. <laughs> so, I went home with him, and uh, uh, I slept with her uh, that night and uh, in the morning I woke up and she weren't there. I was just sitting there and I was like, wow, she's ah, oh, she probably went to work because this was on a Tuesday, it was Wednesday. And I was taking a shower and getting dressed. And when I was uh, exiting the apartment, I realized that she had locked me in. When she left in the morning, she has just locked her, you know, everything. Probably she was stressed and just locked. No. And I was I- I- inside an apartment, and I didn't know where I were in Gjøvik. <laughs> so I started to just um, thinking that I, I have to get out because I have to get a train to Stockholm because I had a, a recording in the evening and uh, uh, for a telly thing. And I was I started to be stressed so I called the police as talking to a, a wonderful lady at the police and I said that okay um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I, I have to break out uh, so this is on the third floor and I have to go to the balcony and just jump down and do you, because, do, I don't know, you know, oh, Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I have to try to climb up. But if somebody calls to you and say it's gonna, it's a, a break-in there and there, uh, then it's not a break-in, it's a break-out, <laughs> it's a break-out. And she was like laughing and she was saying, where are you? I don't know, I said, isn't there any mail or anything you can see? And I, so I started to look and by the telephone it was a, a lot of mails. And, uh, 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 po- postcards and everything and i started to read it was it was i don't can't remember the name but it was like uh susanna and Hans ericsson and i was like she's married she's married okay she's married this is some kind of okay i have to get out now i have to get out now and i was just hanging up and and i had to the address to the the, the girl and uh, when I was climbing down, I was on the second floor. I I saw in my you know uh, in a corner of my eye that a police car just drove up, and two police officers uh, went up out for, up from the car and laughing their eyes out. They were laughing as I said, because I was climbing down. And I said, "Okay, guys, you have to help me because my train is gonna leave, and I have to go to the hotel and then go to the station." And they say, "Okay, we can we can." So they. uh, got me a lift to the hotel I went up and when I went down uh, checking out was a really good-looking girl in the hotel and every week I was just flirting with her the police the fucking police officer was telling her the story <laughs> about me getting in you know locked into a flat because I was just fucking again and I said don't tell her that don't tell her and then they uh, got, got to get me a lift to the train station and I, at this time at the Yavle, the police car were able to drive up to the platform for the train, and they drove up the platform. The police officer got me into the train and left me at my seat, and said to me like, "And don't do this ever again. <laughs> we won't. Don't, we don't want you in this town." And they went off, and I was sitting there. A lot of people was just staring at me, and was like. What has he done that he <laughs> was deported from the city of Jävle? <laughs> so that was another war story from one of my comedy gigs. Uh, That's a good one. That was a good shag, but still. <laughs> this this became a Hassan telefoner. Do you know Hassan? Yeah. Yeah. It became a Hassan prank call te- uh, yeah. with uh, Fredrik Lindström
1: uh, after uh, later. I wonder yeah. if I met her. Uh, the girl that I yeah with. because I had because uh, when I was in the Avila this is years yeah. ago I was performing in the Avila and I have because I guess like I, I don't do crowd work uh-huh. uh, but I have one bit it's like it's like fake crowd work yeah uh, okay. where I ask, I ask I start talking to a woman in the crowd and I ask her uh, if she has a boyfriend or not and uh-huh. what, what she's like into and then eventually he ends up with me like asking her how she likes to have oral sex performed in her and I'm, like really singling her out. And at the end, I say, can I ask you a personal question? It's like, you know, I'm asking a series of yes, yes or no questions. Yeah. I know where, where to take it either either way it goes. Uh-huh. So it's a lot of fun to do. But it, it's one of those things Like I wonder, because like, I, I really like doing it when she's with the guy there at the show. Yeah, yeah. It's even more fun. Mm-hmm. But I always wonder, like, is there going to be a time that I'm going to get beat up but, uh, over this? Uh-huh. But I was in Yavla, and I saw a woman uh, with a wireless mic. And it was, like, it was a pretty big room. I saw a woman like long, way away in the room. So I picked her. Uh, and was like talking to her and by the end I like actually left the stage and actually like, gone through the crowd like really be like really intimate with her like, yeah. really, like talking to her face to face and like, and, like as I could see her guy was there yeah. and he did not look happy and I like turned to him and I just said like uh, don't you know it's just a conversation it's, it's, it's okay we're just talking and I could see that he relaxed but I still like wanted cause he looked like a bit of a bruiser like well shit like wonder this be the time uh, but I did a bits and it worked really well I was really happy uh, and then after I was I was like somewhere in the middle of of the lineup so after I was done, I saw she was so happy that she had been chosen by the crowd that she became like her own show in the back of the room because she couldn't stop talking. She was like talking. She was so happy. She couldn't stop uh, talking, about, talking to everyone around her, like really being a disturbance. And I saw on her guy that he, he was went, not happy uh, at all. Like he was like getting, just getting angrier and angrier and angrier, and eventually he actually just left. He just left oh, okay. the bar completely and then came back a little while later and was, was like purple by that point, was so angry. agree, yeah. So I hit like wonder like, okay, did I get her? Is she gonna be beat up over this? I have no, I have no idea how that oh. ended, but it couldn't oh, been the same woman maybe. Who it's knows?
0: not the same woman. I, this, <laughs> this story is from 93. Okay. So it's like 27 years ago, and I don't think it's
1: the same. Woman. Well, she was a bit older, uh, blonde.
0: No. No, okay,
1: no. Yeah. Oh, she could have had her hair. Yeah. Yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have a lot of stories, but I can be telling them, you know, for uh, hours. <laughs> I have a, like thirty years in stand-up comedy. You got, you get a lot of stories and stories you don't remember as well. So yeah. But thanks That's, for having me.
1: Thank you for having me. Yeah. Anything you want to? Uh, pl- it's one thing nice to want talking to. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. One <laughs> thing I'm talking, talking to comics who don't really perform. If it, uh-huh. it always, always ends the podcast with so the plugs. Unless uh, not uh,
0: really have uh, anything they uh, want to uh, plug, but. I, I can plug, uh, Sven, if you are a, a Swedish, we have some English people listening to Svenskt Luna as well. Uh, me and Thomas Eriksson talking about uh, uh, jokes from the, the last, not the last century, from, from the 1910th, no. <laughs> Swedish jokes from then. And we try to analyze them and make them funny again. So Svenskt Luna, it's called, cool, if you want to listen to that or become a patron. Sven's 20 then I earn some money <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I and mean, yeah Instagram or uh
0: and we have an Instagram at uh, Sven's and I have a, I have an Instagram as well Strohbike it's cool so I I do I only do Instagram as well I s- stopped doing Twitter i stopped doing Facebook I can't manage all the crazy people <laughs> yeah mm. so do you want to plug anything
1: no, not no. really. No, this
0: part. What's, this, 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 what, what, what's called?
1: Uh, you're calling it a uh, Deus ex comedian. Ah,
0: uh-huh. ex comedian. Yeah. Oh fuck you. I'm not an <laughs> ex comedian.
1: No, this is a play on whole Deus ex machina. Ah, uh-huh, okay. okay. It actually, it actually means comedian of God. Ah, uh, uh, okay. It's a very pretentious name, but I just, it just made me giggle when I thought uh-huh, Deus okay. ex comedian. Make you giggle? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's it, but funny. That's, that's what stamp is. Unless, I, yeah. you know, say what we think is funny. Okay. It's yes. funny. funny. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, hey.